Well, good morning. Welcome to Mariner's Church. Thank you for being part of today. I am Paul. I am one of the pastors here, and it's just uh, it's, it's great to see you guys and have you be part of today. Hey, one thing that we're doing, I'm going to just tag on to the um, announcements if I can, um, is you kind of walk in in the coffee area, you see some Bibles on a table. What those are for is every graduating senior from high school, we actually give them as a gift from our church family a Bible. And we expect them to take it away to college or just spend time reading it um, on their own. And so we're asking you as a church family to take just a few moments of your time and sign the Bibles, if you would. Um, Just sign a note of encouragement or if you have a favorite part of the Bible or passage of Scripture, write that down or even go find a place and underline it in that way when they're going through finals or going through all the things that college kids go through. They'll have a Bible and they'll have given to them by their church family and even as they're flipping through it, the underlined passages that mean something to you. So if you could do that, that would be great. We're going to be giving them to the kids in just a couple of weeks so you don't have a lot of time to do it. And so come early next week or spend a little time afterwards um, today and do that. That would be a wonderful thing that you can do. Um, I had an interesting conversation with a woman between services. She has a friend that's in the hotel um, industry and um, got transferred over to China. And um, in China, she is not allowed to attend church because she's, she's a foreigner. She's an international. Um, because the government is highly aware of what's going on in church. We as a church family um, are committed to praying for the persecuted churches around the world. And this week we want to spend just a minute praying for China um, and the persecuted church that is there. Um, China has 1.4 billion people, and 100 million of them are Christians, but um, worshiping is not as simple and as easy as it is for you and I here in America. Um, if you are part of a church family, a lot of times you have um, you are being monitored. They have TV cameras in there and the government is actually watching what goes on there. Uh, well, if you are part of the uh, teaching industry or the medical industry, um, you're not allowed to, to have any kind of religious affiliation whatsoever. And so in China, while there are lots of people that are believers in Christ, a lot of times it has to be underground. And house churches, praise God, are, are proliferating and they're growing like crazy there. Um, but still, it is a little bit dicey as more and more government control is happening um, on the churches. And so the thing that persecuted churches, persecuted people pray, ask for more than anything else, they don't want money. They don't want building materials to build buildings. They want what? They want us to pray. And so we're going to take a second and I'm going to invite you to pray for China. Would you pray with me, please? Bow with me for a moment. Would you just simply pray right now that... Um, those leaders of the churches that are there would be protected from persecution and from arrest. Pray for the churches that are meeting today, maybe even right now. Pray for safety. Pray the government would turn a blind eye to the Christians that are meeting worshiping. Pray that Jesus will reveal himself to the government officials. They're seeking to control the church right now. God, I pray, we pray, there would be a relaxing of restrictions so that your message could go and grow. Thank you so much for 
the way you are at work, even though people try and shut down the message of Jesus, you still make it grow, and thank you for that. Give those believers there incredible joy um, and peace, safety in you, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Hey, our series that we're going through as a church family is getting through what you're going through, and it's kind of a whole emphasis on hope, the big word Esperanza that is behind me. And we're talking about getting through what you're going through because we're all going through something, or if we're not going through something, we have just gotten out of something, or if we haven't just gotten out of something, we are what? Heading into something. That's just kind of the way life is, and that's kind of the way life goes. And we've talked about some of the hard things in life that we go through. Grief, we talked about grief, we talked about worry. Last week, Pastor Kurt talked about just simply tough parts in life as he shared and opened up part of his story. Uh, Today, I want to spend a few minutes talking about when you're going through the unthinkable. Those things that you think are never going to happen to you but they do, those, those tragic things, those things that become almost nightmarish um, when you experience those. And, 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 and I do want to kind of begin by reading a story from the Bible. It is in the book of John, and if you have and have downloaded the little app, you can actually turn to the book of John right now. You can do that, and while you're there, you can check the giant scores or anything else you want to do. <laughs> We, we do that. Yeah, you don't want to. Yeah, yeah. that. John, the, John was one of the disciples of Jesus, and he um, had a firsthand witness of everything that was going on. And so he says this, a man named Lazarus was sick, and he lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very, very sick. Lazarus is sick. Okay, John is witnessing and what's going on here. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Now, this is a little bit, uh, should cause a little question mark in our minds, because all of a sudden you hear that somebody is very, very, very sick, and it's like, oh, he's sick, let's just hang around here for two days, okay? So question marks begin to arise. Why would you, you do that? Finally, he said to his disciples, okay, let's go back to Judea, okay, let's, let, let's go. Then he said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but now I will go and wake him up. The disciples said, Lord, if he's sleeping, he'll soon get better. They thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping, but Jesus meant Lazarus had died. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now you will really believe. Come, let's go see him. When Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days, four days. Now, when we talk about unthinkable stuff, we have to to go through, um, there can be a lot on the list, okay? There's a lot of stuff that's on the list of that. And one of these could be the sudden passing of a loved one or, 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 or someone that you know closely. If you've ever lost somebody in an accident, all of a sudden you get the phone call and it becomes this, oh my gosh, you know, what's going on here? And, and there are other things that happen that become just almost traumatic in our lives. Last weekend, I was, I was taking a vacation, took a break. I you know I was taking a break. I had gone actually too long without a break here, and I knew it because when people asked me, so what's the message 
all about, I would say, why don't you just come and find out, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Or they would say, well, what are the points in the message? I would say, there's no points in this message. It's pointless. So, <laughs> so anyway, I had to take a break. And, and, and so, so we packed up the car, loaded up the car. We're going to be driving up to Oregon, you know, and, 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 and enjoying up some time up there. And we had to make a quick stop at Target. You know, it's 8.30 in the morning. Car's open. We're going to make a quick stop at Target. We parked the car, and we were gone from the car maybe four minutes, maybe four minutes. And we came out after that four minutes to a nightmare. Our window had been smashed, and our stuff was taken, gone, gone. And, 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 and you look at it, and all of a sudden, there's just glass everywhere, and it's your car. You know, it's your car. And, and, and there's, the window's gone, the glass all throughout the inside and, and all in the lot. And, and you are now looking at something that seems very unreal, okay? But it is real. And, and, and some of you are, have experienced trauma and this traumatic stress stuff that you experience. You've had your car broken into or stolen. You've had your house broken into. Some of you have been attacked or stalked. Um, we have servicemen and women that have been in combat. You've been burglarized, sudden death of a loved one, a victim of, of a horrific crime. And and, 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 and and if you reflect back, you, you think, this doesn't happen to me. This kind of stuff happens to other people. And, and, and you're kind of watching this thing going on as if you're almost removed from it, as if it's a movie that, that you're watching, but it's very real, and, and you're caught up into it. And, and four minutes before, it was all fine, and now I'm in this surreal world and adrenaline is flowing like a gallon a minute, you know, and, and you're, you're shaking and you can't think. And so immediately, you know, you pull out your phone and you try and call 911, but I'm clumsy with that. And so I just push the button, you know, Siri, call 911. And I get, I'm sorry, Paul, I can't understand that command, you know. And it's like, you, you know. And, and, and we're waiting for the police, you know, to, to, to show up. We're standing there in the rain waiting for the police to come. And, and we, we looked, and, and what they had done is they had smashed, and they only had a few moments, so they grabbed the most convenient bags for them, which were the last bags we packed, which are always the bags that have your most important stuff, your computer bags, you know, your purses, your backpacks, the stuff that has, have everything important. And so we lost laptops, we lost our camera, we lost driver's licenses and spending money, credit card, debit card, a checkbook and a key to our house okay okay we lost that so so not only do they have our stuff they know where we live they have a key to our place and they know that we're gone all right do you feel threatened now do you feel vulnerable and open now you know and the police show up and you know he's talking to us finally he just said yeah welcome to richmond you know and it's like ugh. And, and what starts out as a vacation turns into this unreal nightmare. And so the police report's filed, you know, and they go in and they look at security tapes, and, and they said, yeah, they, they followed you guys into Target. They followed you in. They had targeted you before, and they were waiting for you. And it's like, holy cow. 
you know, so we, 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 we drive back home now because we, we can't go on. And, you know, the, the window's smashed, so it has to stay open because there's glass, you know, there. And we were singing and playing music on the way out. Now it's just, what, dead quiet all the way home. And this is, this is where your emotions try and catch up to the reality of what happened. You know, we've talked about that before. The reality is here and your emotions are just trying to grab it, but, but they can't because this reality doesn't happen to you. And so your emotions are trying to process that which is very foreign to you. And you start asking the question, you know, what do I do? You know, what do I, what do, I do? What do I do next? Who do I call? You, you, you know, and they know our address. They have a key. They know we're gone. Are they going to come and try and break into my house? I got to get back to my house as quickly as possible. I got the car fixed. I got to call insurance. You know, it's all these things that are going on in our mind. And, and then there is in this whole situation what I will call the God thing. You know, the, the God thing. You know, wait, wait a second. Where's God in this thing? Back to our story, it says this many people had come to console. Martha and Mary in their loss. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. Okay, she heard that Jesus was meeting him. Now listen to, to her response to Jesus. Martha said to Jesus, first thing, Lord, if you only had been here, my brother would not have died. And, and isn't that kind of sometimes almost the God response? God, if you had been here, I mean really been here, maybe this would not have happened. When Mary arrived... The sister, she saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, same thing. Lord, if you had been here, what? My brother wouldn't have died. And you can begin to wonder, you know, wait a second, I thought I had God. I thought I had God covering my tail or watching my back. God, were you paying attention to this, you know? God, if, if only you had been here, my car wouldn't have been broken into. God, if you had been here, it wouldn't be cancer. God, if you had been here, it wouldn't be meth. God, if you had been here, it wouldn't be fatal. It wouldn't be a miscarriage. God, if you had been here, it wouldn't have been an affair or a drunk driver or a heart attack. And, and, and it becomes the reality of how we feel. Mary felt it. Martha felt it. We'll feel it. And in that hour of driving back to Half Moon Bay, there's, there's a, a lot of thinking. Every time I looked over at the window open with the glass still hanging around it. And I'm, I'm thinking as I'm driving back, you know, quiet in the car. I'm speaking, I'm thinking, I'm speaking on trials and trauma and the unthinkable next weekend, you know, and Man, it happened, you know? And I'm going through trials and trauma and unthinkable. And so maybe the following weekend I should speak on how to handle unexpected wealth. I don't know, you know something like that. <laughs> we, we, we've, we've heard the term PTSD or PTSS, post-traumatic stress disorder, post-traumatic stress syndrome. And it's traumatic stress that obviously comes, and we know it comes not just simply from combat and seeing combat and the horrors of that. It's any emotional response to a dramatic or painful event. 
It can be sudden loss. You can have that traumatic stress. It can happen. It can be accident. It can be divorce, uh, an affair, life-altering things. When a life-altering thing come into your life that, that you're not quietly prepared for or you have trouble defining or even categorizing, it starts to cause traumatic or trauma within you, and it starts to cause some kind of a stress that goes on you. And, and these are, again, life-altering things. When there's a sense of powerlessness or helplessness, you know, you know the, the feeling on that. Violation, you feel unsafe, you know, and there are triggers. And then all of a sudden there's triggers in life. For me, it's broken glass. It was broken glass. That broken glass was like a symbol of everything that happened right right there. You know, it might be a Target parking lot. You know, there's just a trigger of, oh my gosh, I now got to go to Target. What's it going to be like now? And, and we relive these things again and again and again. And what happens when we do is the same hormones kick through our system as if it is still happening. And so what happens is actually you physically are still reliving the event. You relive the event all over again, and that's why it is so debilitating. Okay, you, you, you feel the very same stress and the very same things are going through your system. And, and actually over time it begins to rewire your brain patterns. Okay, over time. And, and that's why you need to begin to process this stuff and, and process the healing so, so healing begin to, can begin to happen. And how soon can you start the process of healing? Um, some would say, well, it's going to take years to actually for you to begin to be able to even start to process it. Actually, now experts are saying is you have to begin the process of healing within three days. Okay? You have to start the process of getting through this within just a couple of days. If not, it starts to create deep issues within, within your life. You need to have it processed. I mean, not healed, because healing takes a long, long time. I'm going to say you have to begin to take the steps to process it out within just a couple of days, or else it begins to do stuff to you. So if I'm not starting to work through the processing part and the healing part in a couple of days, man, again, it's going to start having an effect on me and my life um, because it starts to create its own life in me and it gets bigger and bigger and now has a, a grasp and control. Somebody last night, is, they, sat through, they, they sent me a text this morning and they said, you know, make sure you mention how sometimes some of us have old jars, and I like that term, old jars that have been in the closet or in the cupboard for a really long time that we haven't opened yet. And give us hope on that one, and it's really true, is we're going to address this even more so. You're going to go back, and you can begin to open those old jars and go through the same steps today, even though it happened 20 years ago or 10 years ago or 30 years ago, and the healing process can happen. But the jars, I don't care if they're fresh jars or new jars or old jars, let's, let's get them healed. And here are the steps, okay, a couple steps. First of all, number one is talk through it. You have to talk through it. Talk it out, share it. Talk to somebody about the whole deal, okay? Every detail of it, all right? The bad and the ugly, there's no good in this, okay? The bad and the ugly, the details. Talk about the details. Don't gloss them over. You have to talk through it with others. Talk it through with others and find a safe person who will listen. You don't have to be the hero in this. You know, ah, it's not a big deal, if it was a big deal, make sure you share that it was a big deal. The sisters, Mary and Martha, in our story, Lord, if you'd been here, our brother would not have died. There's frustration here. There's anger here. And sometimes in the trauma, not sometimes, you have to share the feelings of anger. 
the frustration maybe you had with God or the circumstance or the disappointment. It's weird, but talking about it takes away its power over you. The more you talk about it, the more it's going to take away its power over you because right now it's kind of some nebulous thing and feeling that is out there. And if you can't talk about it, you're still fearful of it. And if you're afraid of it, it still has control over you, okay? People say, I still can't talk about it. It's like, no, you can talk about it. In fact, you have to talk about it. Because when you do, you're not afraid of it anymore. And the more I talked about it, fear was being replaced by something. It was being replaced by anger, okay? I can't handle this nebulous fear that's out there because it's kind of an unspoken, undefined thing. I can actually handle anger. The police officer went into Target and he checked the security tapes, okay? These guys followed us into the parking lot, okay? They had targeted us on the street. They followed us into the parking lot, and when we parked, they had parked a couple aisles over. As soon as we went in, they, they moved their car, got right close to us, and smashed the window, okay? And when Lisa was telling me that, my first response is, I don't, wanna, I don't even want to hear that. I don't even want to hear that, you know? Don't tell me about that, because that, what, scares me, okay? But the more I talked it out, and the more I had her talk to me about it, I was no longer afraid of it. I now got really ticked off. I got mad. Now, I can't handle nebulous fear. I, I, I can't. I can handle anger, okay? Because now they're real people. And real people I can get mad at, and I can be angry at, and also, as we talk about this even more, real people I can forgive. I can't forgive fear. I can forgive people. And now I'm dealing with the emotions that I can handle and that I can process. Frustration, anger, hatred. I can begin to work with that on this. We can do that. The Bible says, share each other's burdens and in this way obey the law of Christ. We need to let people talk. Ask them questions. Well, won't they relive it? Of course they're going to relive it. But, and this is important, they're going to now relive it in an environment of love and support and care. They don't have to relive it in an area of isolation. They're now reliving it in an area with a person that loves them and supports them and cares for them. So some of you need, need to, to, to talk it out. Just talk it out. And here's where you need to open up that jar and find a very safe person and say, I have to tell you what happened. Just listen or just ask questions and just let me talk. And then talk it through with God. You have to talk it through with God as well. Okay? Remember Mary and Martha, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. You know, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. You know, they had to process it out with God. And we've been talking about hope, the word behind me, Esperanza. You know, it's there. And we've been defining hope as the confidence that a loving God is in charge of life and of my life. And no matter what happens, good or bad, he's in control and it's going to be okay. I have to go to God and say, God, this is important to me. Will you listen? Psalm 13. I mean, just listen to the psalmist. Complain. Lord, how long are you going to forget me? Forever? God, forever, you're going to forget me? How long will you look the other way? How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day? And, and the very act of going to God means you're going to God. And there's healing there. And so you talk to God. You talk to him. 
And, and, and we're, you know, I'm driving back, you know, and, and, and thinking this thing through, and we're trying to think through everything that got lost. And it's, it's like, they got my computer bag with my computer, but I had put other stuff in it as well. I put my Bible in it, okay? I had my Bible in it. And this was my favorite Bible, uh, you know, of today, and I'm, the one I've been underlining and writing notes in. I mean, this is my, my Bible. And, 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 and um, I'm, I was praying at first, God, may these guys drive off the Richmond San Rafael Bridge. I mean, that's how I was praying at first. And then I realized, they have my Bible. You know, they have my Bible. And so I prayed, God, may they see the Bible and be reading it as they drive off the Richmond San Rafael Bridge. <laughs> no, you bring it to God. Um, God has a miraculous ability to help you process this thing out and, again, help begin to see the people as people. You know, and begin to move through it. You talk to God, and it's really okay to complain because you're going to God as God. Next one, the next is change the ending of the story. And here's maybe where some of us get stuck. Okay, change the ending of the story, and this is really key. I, I like I like books. I like to see films. I mean, I just I just do. It's just kind of I like to read fiction books. And and sometimes you come to the end of a book, and it will have a lousy ending. Have you ever read a book with a lousy ending? And you think. You want to say to the author, in fact, I talk to the author even though I don't know who he is. I, I talk to the author and I say, you could end this book any way you wanted and you chose this. You know, you could have done a thousand different things and you really chose this way. Why, why did you do that? You could have changed, you could change the ending. And, and, and the same is true for you and for me when we go through experiences and we say, wait a second, the story's over yet. No, it's not over yet. The story isn't over yet. If it's part of you and if it's part of your life, then you can still finish the story. Okay? You cannot change the beginning of the story of what happened, but you can start where you are and start changing the ending of it. And that means that you and I need to start bringing into this story of trauma other things. Okay? Experiences and people and commitments. Okay, is what this is what we need to start doing, and you can start actually. You can actually start to rewrite the ending of that story that happened in your life. We um, we called one of our kids. We were going to meet him up in Oregon, and um, that next morning, um, I, I, you, you wake up at three in the morning and just you know my car got broken into, so I can't sleep and. And I thought, we can't go on this trip. This trip's done, you know, forget it. It, it. It's over, you know. And so my son that we were going to meet up there in Oregon, I texted him at 4.30 in the morning, you know. And my text was, hey, are you awake? <laughs> you know? And I said, would you be willing to fly down here? Um, because we need you here, you know. And so now in the story of this car break-in, we can write... And our son, I woke my son up at 4.30 in the morning and got him to fly down here for the weekend. And we had a great time with him. We didn't have traveler's insurance. Who buys traveler's insurance, you know? <laughs> and so we had to give away the place we were going to stay. I mean, it's over now. It's, it's done. We were supposed to be there that night. We were supposed to be there. And we can't be there. And so we thought, well, what do we do with this? You know, and so we called a friend, and we said, um, "You live there. Can you stay there?" And um, 
She said, no, we, we can't. Um, but we know, we know of a couple that in their circumstances, they could never, ever do something like this. And they would love this. So now in the story, we can write, in a couple we didn't even know had a great weekend. Did you see how we're rewriting the story? Do you see how the story is beginning to be shaped differently now? Because we want to take positive action to help make good things happen. And so as we're, as we're getting closer to home, we start talking about Scripture. And, 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 and my daughter actually, when she's locking her computer, she said there's going to be something that's going to show up on my computer screen. She can do this remotely. And it's Colossians 3, 1. And maybe they can take my Bible as they're going off the bridge and look that up, you know. <laughs> yeah. The Bible says that portion says, keep seeking things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. You see how we're beginning to write our story with good things? This is a time when we quoted scripture to each other as we're getting close to home. This is part of our story. The Bible says we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We take every thought and make it obedient to Christ. And therefore, we could begin to talk about considered all joy when you encounter various trials. That's part of our story, working to consider this as all joy. We're not just simply blowing this off. This is a traumatic thing. It still ticks me off. You know, we're still dealing with all the millions of things you got to deal with, and I'm still really, really bothered by it, okay? But in the story, we're beginning to insert, consider it all joy, and growing through that. We're, we're still working through the challenges, but the Bible says whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is, whatever is lovely, set your mind on those things. And that's now part of the story. Did you see that? Jesus, in this whole situation with Martha and Mary, um, when they're talking about the whole trauma, he says, no, it's for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. And that's part of the story here. And this is really, really important because this is where I want you to heal. And I'm going to invite the worship team to come on up. And, and I want to share with you again, unless I start to change the ending of the story, the story will dominate me. And it will squeeze me and twist me. And some of you are realizing that I have let that story, that traumatic event of my life, that trauma has become the story of my life. And you've never taken charge and written a good following chapter of it. You can change the ending of the story because God can help you change the ending of the story. From this is where I lost my parent to this is where God became very, very real to me. Do you see that? From this is where my car got broken into to this is where we called our son and said, you know what? You are great at stabilizing our family. Will you come down? And that will be part of his story and in his life. From this is where I got molested to this is where I understood the sin of people. 
and the power of forgiveness. From this is where my spouse cheated on me and my marriage fell apart to this is where God became more than just a name but became very, very real. Do you hear how we can change the story? How when we bring God into it, all of a sudden we can start adding chapters to this story? So the story doesn't become the trauma itself, but how God worked in our lives and changed us and changed others around us. And I have been actually praying for this moment right now, this moment for you guys all week long. And I have been praying that some of you would take out those old jars and open them up and start changing the ending because God will help you change the ending to one of forgiveness and love one of having now to finally depend upon others, one of keeping your mind on the things above, not on the things of earth. And I've been praying that you would begin to write a new ending to your story. It's been a bad story, but this next ending will be good. Would you pray with me, please? your time with God now. Um, Bitterness is not a good way to end a story. Unforgiveness is not. Anger and hatred is not. Fear is not. Forgiveness is. Finding security in God is. It really is. Finding hope that God has shaped you God, I would pray for those that are here. I would pray that they would they would choose to open up that book and write another chapter, one of love and forgiveness, one of compassion and understanding, one of healing and freedom and righteousness, goodness. Father, I pray those that are here that have never told their story to anybody, they might go to the prayer room after the service or go to their life group tonight or this week and share and call one of the pastors and say, can I just talk? Father, help us in this to be not hurting people, but healed people, healing people, to become everything you've called us and want us to be. And thank you for the hope that's within us. And we thank you in Jesus' name.